Welcome to season two of the Performance Rising podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Dunn. And today we're talking with Mark Meshack. Welcome him back to the podcast. Last season, we had a great conversation with him about his team. And like Steve Axel before him, we're here to do a quick update and to hear about how his team is dealing with remote teaming. So Mark, head coach of Potsdam women's soccer team. Welcome back. Thanks a lot, Matt. Happy to come back on the show. Uh, special congratulations to Mark. He and his wife just had the uh, birth of their first child, a, a young son, and his name is? Maximilian, going Maximilian. by Max. So we're excited. So you're you're going to shorten? Yeah, yeah. The shorter, the the sweeter, it sounds like. So Max Mishak, uh, of course, I'm very biased, but it sounds like a pretty cool name to me. I, I definitely agree. <laughs> That's a really cool name. Um, we're going to get right into it, Mark. Why don't you give us a quick recap since we talked to you right before your season, give us a quick recap of the season. And in particular, how did your culture hold up? Okay. Yeah. So when we talked about our upcoming season last summer, uh, we kind of left off with talking about, uh, the fact that we expected to lose or did lose, uh, a lot of important players and, and big personalities in our team. Um, and we also welcomed in 10 new freshmen. So we had a, a huge culture change by, by default. Um, we started off kind of slowly. Uh, the start of the season was definitely not what any of us hoped or, to be honest, expected. Um, and we were kind of behind the eight ball in, in conference play early on. But um, in the last four games of the season, we went on a tear and took – 10 of our, our last 12 conference points to get back in the playoffs for a third straight year. Um, unfortunately suffered a, a narrow defeat on the road to Plattsburgh in that, that first playoff game. But um, on the whole, I mean, a season that in one respect, uh, we could have done a whole lot better. I look back on several games that we, we didn't get the result that we probably should have got. Um, and that's, that's through no one's fault but our own. Um, but in the same breath, it could have been could have been disastrous if the team, um, and I say that very, what's the word I'm looking for, very uh, intentionally, the team uh, were the ones that held us together and really rallied around each other and, and pushed us to the, the playoffs again. So uh, again, you know, a rating of maybe a, a five or six out of 10, 10 for our season could have been an eight or nine, but easily could have been a, a two or a three. That's for sure. What happens in place of those big personalities in terms of your culture? Uh, it takes time to step up. And I talked about last, last show, uh, giving time, time. And uh, a lot of our players had never been in that leadership role or, or had to be the, the person that everyone could rely on. And it took a little bit of time for some of our, our sophomores and juniors to really step into leadership capacity. But I've got to say that under really difficult circumstances, under a lot of pressure, they passed the test with, with flying colors. And I think uh, that's in large part thanks to the fact that um, we had a great team cohesiveness this past season. This, this team was super, super close from day one. You could see, and even my wife commented on, um, you know, every, every first day of preseason, the team comes to our house and we, we have a barbecue and just sit around and talk and, 
And she was saying, you know, I think you're in for a great year this year. And I was like, why do you think that? And she said, just they get along so well right from day one. And there was an instantaneous bond that, that I think kind of lasted through the whole season. And that was a, a huge reason why we held it together because the team felt so close. But like I say, it did take some time for our upperclassmen to kind of step into leadership role and really understand what being a, a leader means. There are thousands of teams across this country and not many of them can describe their culture as extremely close and cohesive. So I'm wondering what you attribute that to. Uh, I think, again, it goes back to the, the old cliche of we spent a lot of time together, a lot of time and a lot of face-to-face contact, um, whether it's, you know, the, the team hangouts at my house. Um, I really went the route of the, we talked about it last year, the, the no, phone, no phone policy which seemed to really work. So when we're on uh, the bus going to uh, a team meal, the last portion of the trip, um, everyone hands their phones in and we, we go into a restaurant or, or sit down and everyone's talking instead of playing on their phones and playing Candy Crush, whatever the cool game these days is. But um, I think that, that face-to-face communication, uh, that, that camaraderie that is developed through communication, it, it can't be, you know, it can't be overestimated. So, um, Again, it sounds so cliche, but just spending as much time as possible together uh, really, really helped. And I think another thing is just being vulnerable, being vulnerable. And we play a lot of silly games and training on a weekly basis. We would do something just just to have some fun and get the, get the stress out of us, basically. So um, I think that was an important part, too, just being vulnerable around each other, laughing at yourself, laughing at your teammates, laughing at your coaches. I think that really helped as well. So as a social scientist, I got to check you a little bit and say those games are not silly whatsoever. That is a a very intentional move. Um, And I think intentionality needs to be celebrated. I've seen your posts on social media. And I think the one I saw was um, playing, uh, you know, live tic-tac-toe. Yeah. 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 With bibs and and grids. Yeah. And again, if someone looks at that and says that's silly, you're missing the point. Right. And, And you're getting your team to laugh. And as you mentioned, if you're able to laugh in front of each other and to, uh, you know, make yourself look silly while having fun, that's, that's actually the essence of vulnerability and a psychologically safe container, uh, is a space that that happens in. Yeah. It just helps to, to break barriers, right? When you're comfortable, I think you perform a lot better. Yeah. So high five to you on that. I appreciate that. Uh, before we dig in, I can't help myself, but you mentioned your leadership stepping up. So one of the things I often get in discussions with coaches about, and certainly having been a coach myself, you know, we are very fixated on the training session, right? Sure. If we want to improve whatever, we want to improve the way our, our back four move. We want to improve the way our team moves the ball. We want to improve the way uh, we execute in the attacking third. Th- those are all sessions that we can make. Sure. When you talk about something like leadership, what I often see lacking, and certainly in myself, it was true is the question of how do we intentionally make uh, a training environment for leadership? Right, right. So I think what's really important is from the get-go, just being crystal clear about what your culture is supposed to include. And I think when people, especially leaders, understand where you want to get to, then they can kind of start to to work towards that goal. If you're not clear about your intentions, about your purpose, about your goals, it's very difficult to get on on the correct path because you have 
a plethora of paths to choose from, right? But when you're intentional and clear about what you want your daily process to look like and your daily communication with your coaching staff, your backroom staff, your players, people can kind of become more, more aligned. I think alignment is so important. Alignment of ideas, alignment of the way we speak to each other, alignment of where we want to be. Um, so I think that is the first step in helping to, to cultivate, to cultivate leaders. And I think uh, to go back to your comments, asking about our season, I think if I'm being honest with you, we probably could have won more games in the short term, but we really focused on trying to cultivate the root first. And I, I read a great quote in a book talking about how you look at a fruit tree. And of course the, the most obvious thing is the, the fruit on the tree. And that's the, the clear indication of how um, a tree is doing. But if you actually dig deeper no pun intended, look at the root, the root is going to keep the tree growing for, for years and years, right? So you might have the healthy fruit for, you know, a year or two, but if you don't cultivate the root, um, it's not going to last. So we took the approach of, hey, listen, what we're doing is really, really focused on the long term. And we might lose a few games here and there because we can't attack the, the problems at hand that might win us the game today we're not going to sacrifice the long term for the short term, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. Look, I'm working with a lot of teams right now. And yeah. the, the focus of what I'm doing is about understanding the mindset, right? right? And a mindset is communicated in a lot of different ways. It's how you right. speak, what your symbols, what your rules, et cetera. Right. And what you're saying and, and what I just am so impressed by is um, a team is an idea, right? That's, to me, at least, in my opinion, is a team is an idea. That's all it is. Yeah, um, you have yeah. to have 20 some people at least have some similarity in their construct of what that is. Absolutely. They're never going to be exactly the same. But to your point about the roots is if you can establish a, a blueprint, if you will, uh, or a common focal point right. that the team can rally around, then whatever they create about that team is coming from a similar source. Uh, exactly. And that is how you build a common mentality to your point. And, and I think, uh, and I said this before, I mean, what you're doing intuitively is, is backed up time and time again by, by science and, uh, and psychology. And I just applaud you for figuring this out on your own. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. And I, you know, I take time to, to read books by people way smarter than me, which, which really helps, but, uh, no, I appreciate your, your kind words. That's for sure. Yeah. Again, we could go, for hours on this, uh, but let's jump into the topic at hand, and, and that is really how is athletics being reimagined or reinvented in light of, you know, social distancing? And I'm wondering how is your team be affected by this? Yeah, I mean, I think you know we talked about it kind of off camera or off audio before before the show, and we talked about how this kind of came uh, out of nowhere, right? And how quickly this escalated, and we were talking about how on Friday, you know, I'm saying goodbye and we'll see you in a week for for spring season and spring season never came so I think it you know the immediate feeling that we all have is like what the heck is going on here right and what happened to our spring season and how are we going to come out of this and how is it going to affect us in the the medium term meaning our, our season coming up um, I think we have to do is immediately look back and say okay these are the facts at hand here's a situation we have to deal with how can we best deal with 
the the cards that were dealt how do we make this the best situation possible for our team so um we really tried to stay in touch as often as possible using virtual means obviously and, and that means zoom that means uh text messaging that means email that means phone calls so um we're trying to use every mechanism possible to to keep in touch and and keep that route uh taken care of do you have a guiding principle or you know you talked about roots but what are you as a coach focused on what's the thing that you're trying to accomplish in this time uh, of social distancing the biggest thing is not losing touch mm-hmm. not losing touch and, and staying cohesive staying together um i don't want to say daily but at least by daily communication with the the group and making sure that uh everyone still has pots and women's soccer at the forefront of their minds doesn't forget what Maeve looks like or what Mackenzie Carp's laugh sounds like right making sure that we remember each other so when we come back hopefully in August we haven't skipped a beat and are you doing any sort of physical work as well not at this point no so actually it's great that you asked that question uh last Friday there there was a bylaw passed by the NCAA allowing coaches to at least until August 1st to basically monitor workout programs in years past, basically, when you're out of season, you, your hands are tied. You couldn't do anything, right? But now we are allowed to monitor workouts. So I'm trying to, as we speak, work on a mechanism to, to make sure that I can monitor our players and make sure they're doing the right things in terms of their, their physical fitness and, and, and coming back in tip-top shape for our season. But again, um, that's secondary, secondarily important to uh, keeping that team cohesiveness and making sure that we, we all stay connected as much as possible. Yeah. So just a, a quick recap for people, you know, when a, when a team is in season, for example, soccer season is in the fall, uh, the NCAA has guidelines about how many hours you can be together. Uh, obviously that's very liberal in the fall cause that's your season. Correct. Uh, in the off season, however, in this case, uh, for soccer, it is the spring, technically the winter and spring, but we'll just focus on spring. Um, the NCAA limits contact hours it's at division three. It's a very short, uh, season. Uh, it's extremely short. Yeah. It's basically, uh, either four or five weeks of 15 practices, um, and one play date, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when that's kind of taken away, it's, you know, it's a big portion of what we do. It's a big portion of what we do and we can work on new ideas. And, and like I say, it's just, it's FaceTime. It's being around each other, which unfortunately we're, we're lacking right now. So trying to use zoom and, and, uh, and text and phone calls to keep that camaraderie going is, uh, it's challenging, but we're doing the best we can. Yeah. And, and just because, you know, to prevent the overzealous coach from, uh, holding lengthy training sessions in the off season, the NCAA has a rule that, uh, the coach cannot monitor or be involved in soccer specific or athletic specific activities, uh, which is what you're mentioning. Um, and usually if that's going to happen, that's, that's going to be monitored by a strength and conditioning coach. Correct. Um, so Correct. what Mark is talking about is the NCAA has just passed a bylaw, obviously, you know, acknowledging the fact that everyone is, uh, is spread out over a lot of places. And in many cases, the coach in your case, the head coach is the single point of contact. So allowing the head coach to be overseeing those workouts. Um, right. Just wanted to give a quick recap for people. If you're not familiar with NCAA rules. <laughs> Uh, so thanks for that. Um, like many people, I, uh, you know, you're echoing 
this need for contact, which is really interesting and, and yet really simple, right? We, yeah. we can't be together. So we need to fabricate uh, either the reality or the illusion of togetherness. That's right. Uh, and both That's right. work. What challenges still linger for you? Uh, certainly just that, like I say, that, that physical daily contact that we, we think is so important in our program. So uh, we talked about last, last show, the, the high five. And that was the, you know, when you got a high five, you knew that you were seeing a team or getting ready for training or getting ready for a big match. So that's, we're missing that. Um, just missing the player stopping by the office to just kind of shoot the breeze and, and talk about anything at all, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. We, we miss seeing players in the office. Uh, I think just the players miss being together in a social setting as well, whether it's, you know, a Friday movie or, or going down for, for frozen yogurt. I think they miss being around each other. They, they crave that, that, that constant contact. Right. And um, I think somebody said it in our, our staff meeting last week is that uh, students actually miss going to class, right? They miss being around people. And I'm, I'm betting the house that, that our players miss each other a whole lot. Yeah, you know, I, I, how the world is explained by soccer, I, I think about that often. And I go back to parenting, as you'll soon find out, is that, uh, you yeah. know, young children, all children actually crave stability and, and crave boundaries in a way. Um, and, and, you know, college kids are no different. The routine becomes stability. Right. And once that goes, it, it's, it can be a very tough challenge. Right, right. Um, what about recruiting? Have you thought about that and what that looks like in this age of social distancing? Okay, so I'll answer your question two different ways. So number one, um, again, in terms of NCAA bylaws that were passed, we're actually allowed to now uh, group chat or, or group uh, video with our incoming classes. So uh, in years past, up until May 1st, and a deposit was made by a group of student athletes, you couldn't communicate with them in groups. Uh, now you can, which is huge. So uh, basically an hour ago, I was Zooming with our recruiting class coming in. So just establishing some form of communication in a group setting to tell them how excited we are about, about them, uh, give them some pieces of information about the program, about preseason, about you know, our hopes and dreams for the year coming up. So just having them, again, on, on screen together um, really helped. And you can see in their faces that they really enjoyed, enjoyed that. Um, recruiting, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse because I think as coaches now, we have a lot of time on our hands to, to basically be in constant contact with recruits. And I think they want that as well. I think, you know, a lot of high school-age students are, are bored out of their minds right now. And, uh, you know, their, their phones are always on them. So pretty easy to sit back for an hour and just you know hit every recruit with a, a quick message hey how's it going today um are you staying healthy how are things in your area things of that nature so in one respect um you know we are able to contact recruits in essence a lot more often now um where we're lacking for sure i think all coaches would agree is the actual evaluation the, the chance to go out and evaluate players it, it's just not happening right now so the chance to go out and see a player to go to a showcase, to go to a tournament, uh, that's not afforded to us at this point. So I think a lot of us, as we build our database for 2021 and 2022, um, we're going to be way behind the eight ball and scrambling to go out and identify players that can help our program. So that's definitely a, a huge challenge. So another aspect that I've started to help teams with is this idea of remote recruiting, right? right. And what is beginning to develop in a lot of cases is 
if if conversation is what you have, if conversation is now the tool, because we right. can't can't see each other. I'm wondering, in your mind, what how does that conversation change? Because the conversation becomes the evaluation, right? So I'm right. wondering if you have found that your conversations have changed in terms of you know the structure of it, and if you are looking for different things or different indicators in those conversations. They they haven't changed too much right now. I mean, if I'm wrong, forgive me, but we're basically a month into this pandemic, right? So the amount of showcases that we've had canceled or that we can't go to isn't isn't that great right now to really get you know a, a data set. Um, I will say that our communication right now with recruits is with student athletes that we've already identified. So at this point, we're not identifying new athletes and therefore not establishing new communication lines. Um, but as I say, going back to the, the, the group that we have already identified, um, we're able to contact them a lot more. But the conversation is different. The conversation is all about what's happening in the world now, right? Where it used to be about, did you watch this game? Or, you know, how, how's your track season going or lacrosse season? Uh, maybe I'll shoot down to see you play lacrosse when, if you're playing at Watertown or whatever. Um, now the conversation is all about first and foremost, hey, are you are you healthy? Are you are you safe? Are you doing well? How's your family? And then basically based on the response, that steers the the conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna quick circle back and there's a question I you know wanted to ask earlier, and that is, you know, is there something that you're noticing in the zeitgeist of your players that maybe people aren't considering? Like how, how is the mental health of your players basically? Yeah. Uh, I think we forget about that pretty easily. Right. I think that's overlooked. And I mean, it's, it's a change for all of us who have jobs and, you know, are employed by different places. Um, we forget the challenges that our young people are facing nowadays. Right. And as much as building a, a course online or trying to recruit um, online can be a challenge. I mean, this is all brand new for, our young people as well and trying to, to manage uh, maybe a part-time job at home now uh, trying to manage maybe you know more coursework I've heard that's happening nowadays where students are getting more coursework because they're they're able to you know to have more free time or teachers might see it that way um, so I see a little bit of I guess it's apprehension and fear about the future I, I can sense that I can sense about like what's gonna happen tomorrow and how will the world appear one day, one week, one month from now? And I, th I think a fear that our young people have was, will things ever be the same? I think that's a, you know, a very valid fear that they have. And I think a lot of us have that as well. But um, I think if you asked our players right now, if they're worried about having a season, they would probably say yes. They'd probably say yes, which is, I think, again, a very uh, a valid concern that we can't uh, bagatellize. Yeah, and another really, I don't know if interesting is the word, but a shift here is that because, you know, psychological resources that might be located at a university or a college are now gone. Right. You know, what I'm seeing is that coaches, because they're a primary source of contact now, are, are taking on or, or having to take on the responsibility of really addressing and being aware of the mental health of their players. Absolutely. And, and you know, how do you feel about that? Because that's, 
most coaches don't sign up for this, right? It's not in, in your wheelhouse. And I'm wondering how you feel about that. Yeah, I think, I think it's something that I've always tried to focus on. I really, really have. And I think just being mentally healthy is aside from physical health, maybe the, the most important thing. Right. So I think just approaching that in a, a really comforting fashion and saying, Hey, listen, although my physical door isn't open right now, if you have concerns about anything at all, whether it's, you know, your schoolwork, um, you know, you're concerned about how things will be next season in the team, your place in the program, anything at all. I, I'm always happy to speak with you and I'm happy to set up a, a zoom chat or, you know, a phone call. So I think just, having players know that in one way maybe helps their mental state knowing that uh, I'm there for them. So again, uh, I don't want to sound like a, a guru, but I really have tried to focus on the mental health aspect a, a whole lot. Yeah. Last question here before you, I let you go take a nap that I'm sure you need. Uh, no, not is, at all. You know, what do you think is the lasting impact of this? Cause, cause clearly you know, everyone's talking about the new normal and we talked a little bit before this that, um, you know, kind of like other moments like, you know, 9-11 or the stock market crash, there's a before and an after. So how do you think this shifts um, the landscape of athletics? What's the lasting legacy? Yeah, I'll give you what I hope is a positive answer, kind of light at the end of the tunnel kind of answer. I hope that this makes all of us who are involved in athletics really appreciate what, what we have and what we do for a living. And uh, I think about Carlo Ancelotti saying that, that football is the most, uh, most important of all of life's unimportant things, right? And I think a lot of us should step back and realize that there are way bigger issues than athletics happening right now i mean people's lives are truly at stake right and for us to to worry about having our games cut short or worry about you know getting out to see recruits i think is sort of short-sighted and a little bit selfish so i think for all of us this might give us more appreciation of just how fortunate we are to to coach to work in athletics to be part of a team to have a support system I hope the lasting legacy when this finally does come to an end is that, wow, you know, this whole situation really shed a light on how lucky all, all of us are. Mark, it's always a pleasure. I really thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks, I wish you man. all the best uh, with the new baby and also just managing this whole thing. And Thanks. Uh, I look forward to connecting again. Uh, you know, when September comes or August comes around and this is all behind us and we're just yeah. out there playing like we should be. Think, fingers crossed that that comes to fruition. Thanks, Mark. All right, thanks a lot, Matt. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Performance Rising Podcast. If you liked what you heard, you can find all the information about the podcast at performancerising.org. And be sure to check out the Instagram page at performance underscore rising.